Non, c'est ce que je disais. Oui, moi, c'est bâti, c'est de la blague. Après tout, tout est beau. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. The time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil? <laughs> Did he spoil me? No! I remember quite clearly it was 1946 and I was four years old. My mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel of the Sun. You've got to say, I'm a human being! God damn it! My life has value! Babel, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. I'm a man! Well? Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists in the presentation of the Palm d'Or. Adele, Leia, and Abdel Abdel Kishin. We won! Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to podcast number 78 uh, from Um Like the last show, I'm joined by five other film nuts. So there's six of us today. Um, I'm just going to go around and introduce everybody. The regulars, we've got Joel. Hi, everybody. And we've got Doug. Venture is out there, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also joined by uh, Rachel, who's recently joined us, Rachel's Reviews. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I love talking Pixar, so this is great. And also Catherine's here, who's, who's joined us Hi. last time. Hi, y'all. Thanks for having me again. And a big Pixar fan, Palavi's also here, who's also now becoming one of our podcast regulars. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello, everyone. So I'm, I'm not going to say a lot about this on this one. I'm, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of the Pixar films as much as maybe some of you are, but I do have children, um, you know, and uh, Inside Out, for example. My daughter, she's like nearly seven now, but that was the first film she saw at the cinema. You know, that's, I mean, that's a, that is a milestone, I think, for any of us mm, to, to mm. remember, but she loved it, and it's and I, I'll, I'll be honest, I loved it as well. I had something in my eye uh, a few times <laughs> during that um, I also have a little boy. He's he's three, so he wasn't. He was. He was just a bump at the time, but uh, he's certainly a big fan of these cars, which we'll talk about because he's a car maniac. I should have had them on the podcast, really. They would be more <laughs> more in tune, really. So I mean, let's start with Toy Story. Four. Um, I so I loved it. I thought it was great uh, because the thing I think that always didn't quite sit right to me is that yes the ending of toy story 3 was wonderful and great and everything like that but if you really think about it on a broader perspective it was kind of a perfect ending for andy but was it a perfect ending for woody that's sort of a different question because uh because if you these are sentient beings in this world right and there seems to be no way to kill these not that you would want to, but there seems to be no ending for them. They seem to, you know, they can lose an arm, they don't have any bodily fluids, so they can just go on forever, evidently. And they can be reapplied to different, you know, Sid's creations and create <laughs> whatever. Um, and so, and Forky can be created out of nothing, so the, the world of sentience in this world is 
kind of strange. But so if we're looking at Woody as a character, do we want him to go through a cycle of being loved and then being forgotten about and then being loved and being forgotten about? Like, that's a role for a time. I feel like that's kind of like the young man's role, you know, of a toy. But then, like, there has to be a way to kind of end things happily. And, it, and, and I don't know if staying in the cycle forever is really a happy ending for Woody. Uh, and so, I, you know, people are like, oh, it's not needed, it's not needed. But what this movie did for me is that it really gave Woody that happy ending. And I know it's controversial. Some people are like, how could you give that ending? But it was really, to me, a, a place that I can leave the character that he's going to be great. He's going to be the rest of his eternity existing. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And I thought there, I, I thought that, because I wasn't sure about Forky, because the ads were just <laughs> a little weird. Um, but it was actually really sweet, and it was kind of Woody's last sort of gift to Bonnie to kind of be the dad of Forky and to kind of get Forky, because, you know, when you're a baby, you're doing stuff that's, you're, you're getting yourself in trouble all the time. And, uh, and so you need a parent to be like, don't do that, do this. And it was kind of Woody's role in the story for Forky. And he's doing it because he knows that Bonnie loves Forky. And so it was kind of his last gift to Forky. I mean, to Bonnie. And uh, so I don't know. I just, I loved it. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was beautiful. And uh, very, yeah. So there you go. That's my spiel on Toy Story 4. <laughs> I, like, I like that spin, actually. I like that spin that be- yeah, it's just about Andy. It's about these toys that we knew they were life. They had life in the first movie. Um, we shouldn't really think that. So it's good giving them that that human story. Um, mm-hmm. Doug, what are your thoughts on this film? Yeah, well, I think oh, you know, the majority of us were very anxious about this because the, the three are such great films and the third one, you know, seemed, seemingly wrapped up perfectly and we didn't need another film. And yet... I walked away from this completely convinced that we absolutely needed a fourth film. And so for me, that's some sort of miracle because to, in, in the history of when has a fourth film come close to this, the greatness before it, it, it just doesn't happen. So uh, the fact that they actually managed to pull this off is quite stunning. Um, and, you know, originally the, the first sort of segments to play on what we know about the franchise, it's very nostalgic and it, it follows, you know, a lot of similar beats to the other three films. And then it, and then it takes a bit of a different turn, like with the introduction of Forky, um, that there's Woody and Forky go off on their own separate adventure to the rest of the toys. Uh, and then we're introduced to a whole cast of new toys who you don't even miss the other toys that aren't really getting the highlight that they got maybe in the other films. Um, so they've created a whole bunch of new toys that, are just as lovable and complicated and that they've got layers to them that you don't expect in a children's film, which is, you know, typically Pixar, that they're reaching for deeper meaning inside something that's meant for children. And there's, there's a lot here about, you know, that, that, that a plastic spork is having an existential crisis. <laughs> like that is this, this unbelievable that you're talking about a, a plastic spork have sorts of emotional uh, journeys within a kid's film, so... Uh, sorry to bother you, but... Why, you're not a bother at all. We were just out for my early morning stroll, and look, <laughs> we met you. 
My name is Gabby Gabby, and this is my very good friend, Vincent. Oh, uh, Woody, pleasure to meet you. Well, it's nice to meet you, Woody. And you are? This is Forky. I'm trash. Uh, our, our, our kid made him. Kid? Toys around here don't have kids. Are you two lost? That in itself is unbelievable. But, you know, that's what Pixar does. They, they take something that you don't think can possibly move you in any way. And this all wraps up with another ending that, that the whole cinema is in tears. And it's beautiful. And it, it's, it, it was more than I could have hoped for. Because I really, really was not expecting this. You know, particularly after they've shown some of the other sequels. Uh, they tend to lose their way a little bit, and somehow with this franchise, they've just kept that going over four films. And if they want to do a fifth now, I'm completely on board, which I never thought I would say. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, the yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> uh, Panavi, have you seen it? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, so, I, I knew you had it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let me start by saying that Forky being in an existential crisis was an absolute mood and my favorite part of that <laughs> entire film. <laughs> okay. Then I actually have four points to make because it's like Toy Story 4. First of all, Ducky and Bunny, which are the characters played by Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. Those two characters, if Disney ever decided to give them a spin-off, I will watch the hell out of that. Because they are my favorite characters and I know that there's been some complaints about how this one does not pay a lot of attention to some of the older toys. But I genuinely love those two uh, new editions in the universe. So that is my first point. The second thing, animation. I mean, Toy Story 4 has such beautiful animation. Like, uh, the opening scene has a rain sequence. And it is so realistic. My mind was blown. Like, in that moment, I knew I was going to love this movie. I mean, just for the technical brilliance of it, it's worth appreciating. Right. The third one, I think this is the funniest in the installment. Of the four Toy Story movies, uh, Toy Story movies I don't ever remember laugh much. There's this <laughs> entire montage where Forky uh, is trying to run away and get into a trash can. And uh, Woody is trying to stop him. And it's like, it's a five, I think it's a three or four minute montage and I couldn't stop it throughout the entirety of it. And finally, uh, uh, something which Rachel also pointed out, as far as the ending is concerned, I think like the previous movie, obviously Toy Story 3 is really, really good. But I think Toy Story 3 was more uh, inclined towards focusing on the nostalgia of letting go of your childhood. I thought this was more about... Uh, once you lose a sense of your, like, it was also kind of about growing up, but in a different way. Once you grow up, once some, like, some major change happens in your life, you kind of try to retain your past identity. Like, Woody's trying to retain who he was for Andy when he is actually living with Bonnie. So it's about, in a way, about redefining your identity when your circumstances change. And I thought that was really, it was a very beautiful way to take, like, Woody's character arc. So those are my four points, I guess. Fabulous. Um, and Joel, just quickly, have you seen it? Yeah, I, I, I watched it uh, last week. Uh, I mean, you, you guys uh, uh, summarized pretty <laughs> perfectly. What that, I, yeah. <laughs> no, they summarized pretty perfectly what, what I thought about the, the film. So not going to add much, but I want to emphasize in, uh, the skepticism uh, I had before watching the movie because... 
like Doug and Rachel said, uh, the ending of the third movie was perfect. So I was like, what are you going to now? I mean, it's over. <laughs> You're trying like, to grab my money and, or something else. But <laughs> when I watched it, 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 I was like, nah, I needed this one. We needed this one. Everyone needed and needs it. Uh, so thank you, Pixar, for doing another wonderful film. Uh, also, the other aspect I want to talk about quickly uh, is the one that Pallavi mentioned uh, about uh, the technical aspects of the film. The animation is gorgeous. Uh, uh, the, the first scene, there's a scene near the middle where we see an animal. Uh, which I thought genuinely that it was a real animal. Real animal. I was like, yeah, like, whoa, wait, this is a real blank. I, I'm not going to spoil the, the animal <laughs> that is. But for those who have seen the, the insider uh, review uh, about uh, Pixar's yeah, animation, the and animation. Yeah. How, how, it, how it has evolved through the years, you know which animal I'm talking about. And it was amazing seeing it in the big screen. Because I, I literally yell in the, in, the, in the theater like, whoa, that looks real. Because I, I was so shocked how, how, how much Pixar has uh, revolutionized the industry in the animation area. It's not the only studio doing it, of course, because we have DreamWorks, we have Ghibli, uh, and Laika, of course. But, but Pixar is, is in another level. Looking at all the all the feature films since well, Toy Story was the was the first, ninety-five. Oh. So nearly twenty-five years. Mm. Some of the films, uh, Cars Two. Um, what else? <laughs> um, what was, yeah, stop laughing. It's university. Um, <laughs> and also, <laughs> I said stop laughing. <laughs> the good and uh, the good dinosaur. Uh, some of these films, like, are not bad films really. I mean. But they're no. just not as good as this. And there's so many, there's so many yeah. exceptional, not just the Toy Story One. films, but you can pick, you could name this. five now that are exceptional, and some of the others get lost. Uh, but The Good Dinosaur, so has anyone seen that? It's actually very good. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. like it. I don't. I was shocked when people were as hard on it as it was, as they were. Um, I think it's got some really sweet moments and touching moments and. Uh, some fun moment. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I also will will vigorously defend Monoversity because I think what they do with Mike and that character is like super bold for a kids movie. Yeah. I mean, they literally tell him your dreams might not come true, kids. <laughs> it might not happen. You might work really <laughs> hard and it won't work. And that's like that's really interesting to me. I I think so. I I really I really like it actually. I, I think it, like the problem is their their best movies are masterpieces, mm-hmm. and by comparison, obviously some of their lesser achievements just don't re- like the bar is set just... so high, mm-hmm. so high every time, and it's impossible for them to meet that every time. Um, but even their you know quote unquote worst films are probably still better than most other animated films being released. So 
while the good dinosaur certainly has some problems and we know that you know there was a lot of issues with that film's production and they revised the story you know during production they recast the the, the voice actors that film was completely different to how i think it was originally supposed to be it's just not quite as masterful as you know wally or inside out and so it by comparison it just it doesn't look great but the visuals in the good dinosaur are absolutely stunning like the mm-hmm. the, the world building and the the environments that those characters are in are they're photorealistic and i think the issue with that is then they put these kind of goofy looking dinosaurs in the midst of some breathtaking imagery it just the the juxtaposition of that is a little bit jarring, I suppose, and... It just doesn't but, pop, it doesn't pop, does it? I no, Like some of the no. inside out, for example, you know, club everywhere, uh, you know. The characters, nice. the characters as well aren't, aren't necessarily ones that you absolutely fall in love with and remember, and, you know, it's not so much something that sticks with you, but it it certainly has its moments. I mean, I, I cried in that movie, so if that's the... Mm-hmm. The cornerstone of Pixar is making you cry. Well, that that one absolutely achieves it. I miss. I miss my family. Family. That's me. There's Libby, and Buck, and Mama, and and Papa. Yeah. Um, uh, Catherine, what, uh, do you rate any of these sort of low-tier Cars 2, Monsters University? Um, well, I'll talk about The Good Dinosaur, but just yes. as a funny note, I recently went to Disneyland last week, or two weeks ago, and I went to Cars Land for the first time, So, and I rode um, the the Toy Story rides in both Adventure Park and the other one a million times, so it just made me want to, like, it was perfect to come on this podcast, because I was like, oh my god, I'm so in love with these movies. Um, so that was really fun. Um and then just being around my nephews and then loving it so much, it was pretty cool to kind of got world. But um, I remember actually watching The Good Dinosaur with my nephew, and I think that was his first film. I think he was about three. So it's always going to have a special place in my heart because like, I hope he loves the movies. Um, but I thought it was okay. Honestly, when I, when I was researching uh, for this podcast, I forgot that it was a Pixar film. So I think <laughs> that kind of says... Um, how I feel about it in terms, or how it how it lands in terms of all the other films, but I don't think it was bad. But I don't know if I'll necessarily go back and watch it again, um, unless my nephew wants to watch it or something like that. So I think it was just forgettable, which is not a good thing. But it wasn't a horrible film. Yeah, I think it's nostalgia with me as well because my daughter that that came out a lot sort of I think a year after um, Inside Out, and we watched it. We watched it. Home. Um, and I think it's one of the first films where, she, I mean, how old would she have been then? Three, nearly four. I think she was the first time you saw appreciate, like, a friendship on film. And she was also very into dinosaurs. So <laughs> when you see something like that, it's, we're all adults now. And we've all, like, had our, our dark sides in our lives. And, you know, like Monsters University, we're constantly told our dreams won't come true. You know, so we've got a different outlook. But as a child who likes dinosaurs and 
sees a film starts to understand what friendship is. Yeah, for that, it's, and, and I quite enjoyed watching it with her. So it's it's tricky to, but again, Cars two, my son loves Cars, Cars three. I like Cruz Ramirez's story. I think mm, it's actually mm. really interesting because she's just completely uh, discounted. Because it's one thing to to have to have sexism or racism or whatever things like that. Like that's a thing, but like what she experiences is something different, where you don't even strive for those kind of things. You don't even think it's an option, and and uh, and it literally takes lightning kind of forcing her. It's like go and finish you have to do it for her to uh you know to even think of that as a possibility and uh so i actually like that whole arc i think it's pretty well done i mean the the cars the universe is bonkers but uh (laughs) but i don't know i actually think that one's the best of the three uh, personally Um, i I think a lot of people's issues with the cars franchise is a lot of it seems pushed around merchandise and yeah. the reason to keep that franchise going is the merchandise cash cow is enormous on that film yeah. because it's just, it just it holds so many merchandising opportunities. And, you know, like you can't blame Disney and Pixar for cashing in on something like that because this is a business after all. As much as it should be about artistic quality, those three films represent a huge amount of money. And mm. to keep to keep that going, and, and I think, the, the second film especially was it was just for kids it's just a kids film and when yeah. we, we expect pixar to do something a bit more that give something to adults to have a bit more adult content a bit more you know theme wise that 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 connects with other audiences and cars 2 is just a kids film there's nothing yeah. in there that's, that's deeper than that and you know that's perfectly fine they made a kids film there's nothing wrong with that Morning, sleeping beauty. Ha! Ha! I was wondering when you was gonna wake up. Take whatever you want. Just don't hurt me. Huh. A parking boot? Why, why do I have a parking boot on? What are you? What's going on here? Please. Huh. <laughs> You're funny. I like you already. My name's Mater. Mater? Yeah, like Tuh Mater, but without the Tuh. What's your name? You You don't know my name? No. No, I know your name. Is your name Mater too? What? So, I mean, ranking our, our Pixar films, I mean, I don't know if you've made a list of ten or five, or you just want to talk about your favorite bits, so what have you done? You've made a list. I have a list. I have a is list. That, is that all of them? Is it all... <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have a list, but yeah, I'll talk about some of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, so, I have a list of my top five, yeah. Top fives, right? Should we do? Should we do top fives? Or do want to do? Does anybody want to do ten? That works. I mean, I could do either, but. It's <laughs> oh, okay, let's tell you, Rich. Let's, re- let's reel off ten to six, Rachel. Then we'll. For me. Yeah, okay. And then we'll discuss. Um, <laughs> the, the five. At number ten, I have Ratatouille. Because I think it's funny and I think it's sweet and the animation's beautiful. Paris has never looked better. And uh, I, I just really enjoy it. Nine, I have Incredibles 2. I really liked the whole take on uh, the um, uh, the Mr. Mom, you know, the dad uh, trying to figure out how to be a, a parent. And I thought they handled that really well. And I thought it really funny. And I just really enjoyed it. Uh, and so then at eight, I have Toy Story 4. Because I loved the ending for Woody. And the animation, I just loved it. And then... And seven, I have Finding Nemo. Great, 
relationship between and, and Marlon and the whole journey, and it's funny, and they can make a dentist funny, so that's good. <laughs> um, and then number six, I have Wally, and I love, uh, I, I mean, I love, love the whole setup to it. I love the use of Hello Dolly <laughs> better than probably Hello Dolly <laughs> itself, but I also love this captain kind of coming into his own and realizing that he can live a whole richer life, and then once they finally, the ending of it, I think it's it's quite exciting and triumphant that, you know, they're going to, because they've been just sort of settling for this this weird existence. And uh, he, he, once he sees all those images of all the different things, he realizes there's something better. And I think that that really works for me. And Wally and Eva are so cute. So that's my 10 through 6. I can't believe Wally's in your top 5. But, um... <laughs> the worst. I know. It's so hard. Um, Doug, have you done 10 or 5? Uh, well, I've got. I wrote a list last year of all of them, which I'm looking at now, and I could probably rearrange because it changes every day. Nice. Um, my ten to six, as this stands, would be uh, number ten is Monsters Inc. Uh, I just think the 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 chemistry between uh, Mike and Sully is, is a dream, and then both those, you know John Goodman and Billy Crystal together, it's just magic and the animation, and certainly what that represents in Pixar's history is. You know, they'd had A Bug's Life and they'd had uh, the two Toy Story films and it, it really cemented as, as, as a studio who knew what they were doing. Uh, uh, boo. Um, boo. Oh, look at that. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, boo. Um, well, that's very nice. Come here, you. <laughs> Oh, he's a happy bear. <laughs> yeah, there's Christmas. Nothing's coming out of your closet to scare you anymore, right? Uh. Yeah. Goodbye, Boo. Kitty. Kitty has to go. Number nine, I have Coco. I think that's just a gorgeous film, both in animation and uh, theme and, and story-wise. It's just a dazzling, dazzling film. And it's one of the most original-looking films as well. The, the, the colour palette and the visuals of that are, are really quite stunning. Uh, number eight, I have Toy Story 2, which I actually quite like. I, I, you know, I thought it was... It, it went a different path to the first movie and it introduced a whole different world and really changed up that franchise and again it makes you cry so that's great um number seven i have incredibles 2 which i actually enjoyed far more than i enjoyed the first one i know i'm probably in the minority on that but i didn't (laughs) necessarily love the incredibles but their sequel completely won me over uh number six i have finding nemo which you know, I, I could put that at number one. Like, it, uh, it, so it, when you get in, into this last stage, it's like any of them could genuinely be number one, and you, you know, you couldn't disagree with it. But um, you know, Nemo, Nemo, Finding Nemo is just—it's a brilliant film. Uh, I'm trying to be unbiased and trying to not think when I watch them with my kids. Um, just what how they affected me. Um, so number ten, I've got Ratatouille. Um, nine, I'd say Coco. Eight. Is this is a really tricky one for me up because it 
it's kind of the first half an hour, as we all know. Um, not even half an hour, the first three minutes. Is, minutes. If that was a short film, brilliant. Oh, it, doesn't, it just doesn't match up for the rest. Not because it's not good, it's just because it it destroys you in the first, first scenes. Uh, and then you, you have to go on an adventure when you just want to grieve <laughs> or whatever. You know. <laughs> so that's why I've ranked it so low, and I do feel terrible. Um, Toy Story 2, I've put at 7, and Monsters, Inc. is my number 6. Again. Yeah, I mean, um, Catherine, did you have... A top five you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I have a top five. Um, it was really hard, though, but the, I think they're the ones that kind of hit me um, the most, and most of them, not surprisingly, are when, when I was um, teenager-ish, when they were coming out and when I was younger, because I'm big into nostalgia. Um, so Up is actually my number one, and just for the fact that it does kill you in the first five minutes, and then at the very end as well, um, and for me, I love feeling all that emotion and it just makes you like, I think I was thinking of my own grandparents and my parents and it just makes you think about a lot of things, um, in that sense. And although some of the story in between, um, I could go without, I think just that powerful emotion and that score is just, it, it just seals it for me. Like I, I used to go back and just watch that, even though it's kind of, it's kind of bad to go and like want to cry, but sometimes you need it. So I enjoy that. Yeah, but it was such a powerful impact, and not all you know. It's it sometimes movies don't um, hit you that way. So for me, it lost it. It had a lasting impact. Um, Toy Story, just because it is the first, and I always have a thing for the first of franchises and whole things. And I remember watching that and being so amazed. Um, it was 95, so I think I was about 7, so I think I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, so it's always just going to have a place in my heart. Um, Brave is the third one, just because I love Scottish everything. Um, and I love the fact that um, Merida is so cool. She's a tomboy. I was a tomboy. I love the fact that I go against the grain and not want to be a princess and has to save everybody, so I love that story. Um, and the visuals are so good. I love her hair. So good. Um, and then Finding Nemo as well. I remember watching that and um, just seeing the ocean and, and animation. It's just so much fun. Um, and I just thought it was cool, even though like it makes no sense. My sister's name is Dory, so I was like, oh, cool. Um, <laughs> and then um, Inside Out is rounds up my top five, just because of the issues it tackles in terms of mental health. Um, and I love the fact that kids will see that and kind of be able to maybe... Um, spark a conversation or talk with the parents or aunts and uncles and also as an adult sometimes you need that as well so it's nice to kind of um, I like the fact that Pixar went went that route and did that movie so as it turns out the green trash can is not recycling it's for greens like compost and eggshells mm. and the blue one is recycling and the black one Riley is, is acting so weird why is she acting so weird what do you expect all the islands are down joy would know what to do that's it until she gets back we just do what Joy would do. Great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? Hey, Riley, I've got good news. I found a junior hockey league right here in San Francisco. And get this, tryouts are tomorrow after school. What luck, right? Hockey. Uh-oh, what do we do? Guys, uh, this, uh, here, you, you pretend to be Joy. Won't it be great to be back out on the ice? Oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. What was that? That wasn't anything like Joy. Uh, because I'm not Joy? Yeah, no kidding. 
Uh, Joel, do you do you have a top five? Yes. Um, well, I begin with my number five, which is uh, Coco. I thought that film was uh, was amazing. Um, it made me cry. Uh, I remember I was watching it with my brother and a friend of his. And, <laughs> and when the movie finishes, I was like, you know, uh, crying so much. And his friend looks at like so weird. Uh, why, why is your brother crying? <laughs> but I, I couldn't contain myself because it, uh, it, it hit me hard. Uh, that movie uh, was the first film I watched after. Uh, I don't know if you, many of you know what happened in Puerto Rico. Two years ago, um, Hurricane Maria, um, and it 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 devastated me more than than it should because I thought of all the people that that died uh, during that and and couldn't have a chance to say uh, goodbye to 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 their families and and not all, not only the people that died but also the people that had to uh, leave Rico. Uh, because they couldn't uh, afford to live here or because X, Y situation happened and they, they needed to go. Uh, it, it, it hit me really hard because I, I related with it and, and still thinking about it. It, it. it makes me sad. So, yeah, Coco has like a special place in my heart. Uh, sorry mm. for this emotional moment. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I think we're going to be in tears before this is over. So. <laughs> over. Uh, so That's my number job. four, just just to <laughs> it's Toy Story. It's a more uh, happy movie, you know, <laughs> and it's the pioneer of everything that happened that has happened afterwards. Uh, of course, we have the shorts that that happened before, but Toy Story is a Fisher uh, Fisher length film that Peter did, and it's great. Uh, I, I remember watching it with. Uh, three years after it was released, because I was born in '94, so I, I wasn't able to watch it when it was released but I remember liking it so much uh, and I remember playing with my cousins and everything uh, when when we when we watched that and the music is still memorable uh, just yesterday I was hearing I was at a McDonald's and I heard uh, one of the songs that appears in the movie I was like Oh my God! That's from Toy Story. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So yeah, it has that impact. Number three, Inside Out. Uh, I agree with Catherine uh, about the mental health issue, how it deals with it, and the emotions. That I think some it's something that kids uh, uh, have a difficult time dealing with. So uh, Peter made a hell of a movie. And and it was very informative and very personal. It's it's so good. Inside Out. It's very good. It was in my top five that year. Uh, number two, and I think we're gonna cry in here. <laughs> it's up. Yeah, uh, up. So uh, yeah. Uh, those first twenty minutes make make it all, all worth it. But uh, I kind of defer with the people that only the first 20 minutes are the brilliant stuff and everything else just sucks because i think if if weren't for those 20 minutes uh the other part doesn't work because the ending the the when he you know 
reads the book and see that she actually oh that thing no stop that's so yeah. good that ending <laughs> yeah she actually continued the album and, and then yeah. encourages him to go for an adventure that you know we he already did have the adventure it makes you like oh my god no <laughs> she did that <laughs> so it's harder than the first 20 minutes at least for me it does so so yeah i, I think this movie is, is very brilliant too and of course my number one is is wally i think uh it's the most important film that pixar has ever done uh i think it has a message that's so pertinent today as it was in 2008 uh and we should watch that movie in every science uh social sociology class because uh it we're becoming slowly like those people <laughs> and we haven't noticed yet so and uh coincidentally uh strangely sorry i meant it's the only film that hasn't made me cry of these five so it's kind of uh, ironic you know the pizza makes me cry every time but this one does it. this one what did to me was shock shock me you know like oh my god we're becoming awful people we need to change now and i think everyone needs to see this film i don't know when they yeah. when they hold hands but, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's close it's close to me like yeah. you go through yeah. uh, apocalyptic yeah. just what's happening to the world yeah. and, uh, the two robots hold hands. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. That's emotional, but I listen, I'll just have to like, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 good, but but it's not. It doesn't make me, you know, as emotional yeah. as other stuff that people yeah. has done. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it's that's a very important thing, and that's why it's my number one. Will always be for so far. Palavi, uh, do you have a top five for us? I don't particularly have a top five list, but there are four movies I would love to talk about. Go on then. Okay. So the first one would be the two movies, which like the two Pixar movies I have seen repeatedly. Like I can't even remember how many I've seen those movies. <laughs> one of them is Incredibles and the other one is Finding Nemo. The reason mm -hmm. being that as like, as I was like a 10, 11 year old kid, that was a time uh, where Disney Channel would play these two movies like almost every alternate weekend at least in India. So that was like, there was a time that that was either one of those two movies was the only thing that was on television, like something I wanted to watch. So I've seen these two so many times that they'll always have a special place in my heart. They caught you on tape and you still got away with it? Whoa! You must have been booking. How fast do you think you were Mom, going? We are not encouraging this. I'm not encouraging. I'm just asking how fast you Honey! First a car, now I gotta pay to fix a tape. The car? Damn. What happened to the car? Here, I'm getting a new plate. <clears throat> so, how about you, Vi? How was school? Nothing to report. You've hardly touched your food. I'm not hungry for meatloaf. Well, it is leftover night. We have steak, pasta. What are you hungry for? Tony Reidinger. Shut up. Well, you are. I said shut up, you little insect. Oh, well, she is. Do not shout at the table. Honey? Kids, listen to your mother. The first time I saw Finding Nemo, my mind was blown because that underwater world action, it is so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, after, like today as a 20, 22 year old person, I still can't believe the kind of imagine that has went into it and the beauty of it all. So there's those two. 
then there's up now uh, a lot a lot of us have pointed out what's great about up but there's this one thing i would like to add on to that that is the fact that the as a kid i used to watch, watch a lot of pixar then i there was this brief phase when i actually stopped watching those movies kind of categorizing them as kids movies and then recently just a few months ago i was i just watched up yeah and it moved me so deeply then i was like i really need to reconsider all the pixar movies in the light of you know being a grown up and actually understanding the thematic significance of these movies so that is why up will always have that special place in my heart because it kind of helped me read this pixar and that last uh, moment where he opens up the album which joel also mentioned yeah. that scene i cried <laughs> for like i think two three minutes i continuously kept on crying that such an emotional scene and it is so deeply moving i mean i mean the first 10 minutes are obviously perfect but that particular scene is definitely what makes up for me the best movie from pixar pixar and i would also like to mention ratatouille which i recently did a review for also which again i got to revisit because of the fact that i was doing a review for it and this time when i watched it i realized it is one of pixar's best because first of all the animation is beautiful second of all it really hungry on that wood <laughs> <laughs> and third of all there are several thematic layers to the movie there's identity there's passion there's emotion there's there's just so much to look at if you actually are paying attention to the inner layers of the movie right i i was like yeah this is a really good movie like not just as an animated movie it's just a very very strong movie from a movie perspective so those are uh, my four i guess yeah and ego's speech at the end yeah that is the best scene of uh, the entire movie yeah 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 it's it's so good so it just feels like um it does feel like one of the forgotten pixar's ratatouille as well yeah, when yeah, when we did the yeah. 2007 which we've done recently you know we did the i mean loads and loads of people voted for for that ratatouille made the top 5 quite comfortably you know in a, in a year like 2007 which as i've said before is probably the best year since the 10th century to make five how is it one of the forgotten pixar's you know it's true it's and, true and, and it was quite i remember the vote it made the top five quite easily this is simple just pull out an old gusto recipe something we haven't made in a while and they know about the old stuff they like linguine soup they are asking for food from linguine a lot of customers like the soup that's all we are saying where we send that Very well. If it's linguine they want, tell them Chef Linguine has prepared something special for them. Something definitely off menu. Hmm. Oh, and don't forget to stress it's linguine. So, it's a great, you know, it's a great movie. I love it. Uh, but it. Yeah. Do you want me to give my top five? Yeah. Go for it. Okay, my number five is The Incredibles, and I actually think it's a really great movie about work and how when you're not doing what you're meant to do, it just like ruins you. And and I think the whole beginning, when he's just selling insurance, it's just like <laughs> it's so good. And I love Syndrome. I think he's great as a villain. Very interesting. Very well done. Uh, I like all of the you know. Then the whole idea is if 
if everybody is special, be really special and sort of this idea of kind of, so I, I really like that. And I also like the way that it actually shows like functioning marital conflict in a children's movie that like, these are people who love each other, but they have conflict and you never see that. And I thought really well. And, uh, and so that's my number five. My number four is Coco. I think the whole message about uh, your ancestors connecting with your ancestors, but then also like the fact that his family is very flawed and very critical and, uh, but he still loves them and uh, goes on this kind of journey. And, and uh, I think Hector is such a great character, such a, uh, I mean, the, that you're just rooting for. And by the end, you're just like, grandma Coco, please. please." (laughs) (laughs) And it's so beautiful. And it's not as like hyper realistic as some of the other Pixar movies. There's a little more whimsy to it, which I enjoy into the aesthetic. Uh, And so that's my number four. My number three is the original toy story. I think the script is just about perfect. It's so well done the way that Woody's envy just keeps growing and growing and growing. And Buzz is completely oblivious. He has no idea. He's just at fixing his ship and having fun. And, <laughs> and when it builds up to that, I you know, to the big moment, you are a toy. A toy. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And uh, so I, you know, I love that. I love that movie. Uh, then my second is Inside Out. I just thought I still think this movie is brilliant. I like the three of Riley. When she is, she is going without emotions. She's going without feelings, and she's basically told at the beginning by her parents, like, "We need you to be the, the one, the strong one for us. We need you to not." She's just this blank person, you know, and and it just by the end she's on this bus, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh!" And then, but then you also have the story of Joy, and her like at the beginning she thinks that that happiness is as she has this very simplistic idea of what joy is. And by the end, she understands it is this much richer experience. And, you know, when she's in that whole, uh, like the, 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 in that pit, <laughs> with all, you know, the, the inspired emotions, it's like, Oh my gosh. And, oh, gosh. It's so good. Oh my gosh. And yeah, so good. And so I love inside out. I think Pete doctor is just brilliant. And uh, so my favorite is actually Up. I absolutely love the movie. It was my favorite movie, period, for a long, long time. Uh, and then the movie Your Name has eclipsed it. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my favorite movie. Um, wow. But uh, I love Your Name and I love Up. I just love this idea of Carl being this person who is just com- completely just frozen out of grief and regret. Bring it back here when you find it. Yeah. And stop. Stop. Stop! Hey! Hey, you! What what do you think you're doing? I am so sorry, sir. Don't touch that! No, no, no. Uh, Let me take care of that for you. Get away from our mailbox! Sir, I... I don't want you to touch that! And he thinks he didn't give Ellie the life that she deserved. She didn't. He didn't love her enough. He didn't give her enough. And and so the beginning scene is actually a tragedy in the eyes of Carl. He he feels so sad, and he uh, and I love the way that he just talks to her through the whole movie, and is trying to do this to prove his love for her and then when he finally sees the note from her in the book at the end 
and he knows that she really loved him all along, and it's the best. Yeah, um, so my number five... I mean, maybe it's because it is so fresh, would be Toy Story 4. And, you know, as I say, tomorrow I'll probably change my mind. But, you know, we've discussed how unexpectedly wonderful it was and what they managed to achieve against all the odds. So, you know, for me right now, it's definitely one of their best films. Uh, Number four, I've got Up. And, I mean, as everyone said, you're right. Like, a lot of people just say it's just about sort of those first 10, 15, 20 minutes, which which is, like, a masterful sequence. I, I, I just have to hear that married life music somewhere, and they play it at the entrance to Disneyland, and it makes me cry just hearing the music <laughs> because all the oceans of that moment come back, and it's so beautifully animated and so so simply done and yet it's it's just it's probably one of their most powerful moments of their entire history but i think what follows that is 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 incredibly entertaining and it's a great story between uh come russell and he becomes you know like a pseudo father figure to him and they go on this great adventure but then it brings it all back with those emotions at the end and i think it's it's a perfectly rounded film in that it blends the entertainment and the emotion like all Pixar films do, but on, on a level that I think is a lot higher than others. Um, my number three would be Toy Story 3. I think it just wrapped up what was at the time a trilogy in such perfect fashion. Um, I think Lotso is a fantastic villain. He's, you know, menacing, but then he has that backstory that kind of fills in why he is the way he is and he's not just a one-note villain which is kind of similar to what Gabby Gabby is for film um there's some dark elements in this you know that 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 sequence where they're in the trash fire and it looks like it's all come to an end I mean you know watching that that that's not how they're going to end that film and yet you were on the edge of your seat thinking oh my god they're actually going to go there with this um (laughs) And I think, you know, that last shot of the so long partner as they're saying goodbye to Andy is just like tear inducing on a level for Pixar. It's, 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 it was, it was the perfect ending at the time to what was a perfect trilogy. And, you know, it was nominated for best picture, which kind of says it all like that it deserved to be there, which most of these films deserve to be nominated for best picture as well. What's he doing in there? There's a snake in my boot. What? There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> now, Woody, he's been my pal for as long as I can remember. He's brave like a cowboy should be, and kind and smart. But the thing that makes Woody special is he'll never give up on you, ever. He'll be there for you, no matter what. You think you can take care of him for me? So my number two, and number one and number two is so hard, um, but I have Inside Out as well. I think, as everyone has said, for a children's film to be tackling issues about mental health and that that have to confront sadness 
we can't ignore it. We can't be joyful all the time. And it's, it is that lesson of sometimes it's okay not to be okay. And that's one of the greatest lessons I think anyone can ever learn in life is that, you know, life is not always great and that's perfectly okay. And we have to confront our sad moments so that we can enjoy the joyful moments more. And it's a, it's a balanced mix of those emotions that when one takes over, like when anger takes over, that's when problems and when we're not listening to the other emotions in our brain. And I think of all the Pixar movie, this is the one that is the most important because it has the most to teach children, especially um, about their emotions. And that's something that, you know, doesn't get discussed. Mental health is such a taboo topic, particularly with little kids, um, that, 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 that this film could actually genuinely change a life. Like it really could open your eyes to something that you're not confronting. And for, for a kid's film to do that, that Pixar can have. Um, and I think the voice cast in that is spectacular. You know, Amy Poehler and, and Phyllis Smith as Joy and Sadness have the most wonderful chemistry together. And, you know, Bing Bong is adorable, <laughs> terribly tragic, all at the same time, knowing where that, that scene ends up. And, uh, you know, again, it's a great, again, you know, great score as well. And the, the visuals in that, it, it's, it's stunningly designed as well. So. So that could easily be my number one, but I have my number one to Wally because it is the most bold film they have made. It's the most ambitious film they've made. Um, the fact that that film opens with, you know, 20 minutes or so with zero dialogue. There is mm-hmm. no dialogue for such an extended amount of time, and yet you are so completely uh, just entranced anyway. by that film. Yeah, there's you know, no landscape either. No. But the no, is, but, like... but there is so there's so much there, and for for them to, to like, I can't imagine hitching a movie like you know, like we're going to open our movie and it's on a desolate earth that's covered in rubbish, and we're just yeah. going to follow Mother a little Mother's robot Clark. as he goes about his day, and yet <laughs> it's so wonderful. <laughs> and, and, and 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 you know, a love story then of two robots who really who can only say their name to each other. They can't speak. They can't you know emote. Everything you need to know about Wally comes through in his eyes. You know, th- those eyes are so insanely expressive. And he is, for me, he's their finest mission in terms of character. You know, he doesn't need dialogue. He doesn't need big monologues or anything like that. Everything you know about him comes through those eyes and his, his uh, movements and his character is all right there for you to see. Um, and we we root for him from the start. Like we just cheer for that little robot because he's just so damn adorable. <laughs> um, and then, as Joel said, it also then has that really important environmental message behind it. That that, that it actually has something to say. It really serves as a, a terrible warning for environmental issues and then for humanity issues that we're all becoming lazy slobs who don't even notice 
the war dying around us and do nothing about it. And then the solution to that is to leave. Um, so, you know, it works on both on so many levels. It's got those emotions and the, and this beautiful love story. And yet it also has an important message behind it. So for me, like they've, I don't think they can ever top that film because it just, it's a masterpiece and it, and it should have been nominated for best picture. And I know that the fact that it wasn't kind of led to, and it was that in the dark night that led to them certainly changing the rules and things because it, it should have been up for best picture. It was perhaps one of the best, if not the best film of that year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I just don't think they can ever top that. And I don't, you know, the fact that we have that film is, it's such a special film. Well, quickly, my top five, I'm not, I can't say anything new, I don't think. Um, Toy Story 3 is my number five because fuck you, Toy Story 3 ended, basically. <laughs> um, Toy Story is my number four. Um, Rachel said about the screen, but it was not often we talk about the writing. Um, I, be- I believe it was nominated for the Oscar as well. Not that that means a great deal, but yeah, the writing, I mean... It's just so brilliant. Every single line. I mean, we still quote that film today. And what's it? Probably not even realising, you know, it's the perfect time to panic. Brilliant. Yeah, it's the perfect time to panic. Finding Nemo's number three. Again, the, uh, someone mentioned the, the underwater animation. I mean, it's breathtaking. It kind of takes you there, and then you forget you you forget you're there. It's you become part of the sea life. So clever because when you bob up for, for air and you're in the, the dentist, you're almost like feeling like you're out of water, so to speak. Again, like just exactly the same as Doug, you could swap these around. Inside Out and Wally is my number one. Um, Inside Out, I'm gonna go nostalgic and say that I saw it with my kid, uh, and you know, and. Riley was basically my daughter at the sort of similar, a little bit younger, but you see, you see your kid in that, and, and you, the whole depression thing, and growing up, and how do you teach your child these emotions? How do you teach them to express? And that film can do it better than than I can, even now, when she's nearly seven. So I'm just talking up, talking about it, to be honest, because you know it's such an important film, and like the voice casting, the it, it dazzles and it's not it's not like glittery cheap bling it, it does the perfect way it gets inside your head you know even goes to the parents and it, it gets it it gets the relationship it's so brilliant um number one 2008 is the year of my, my now wife um we had a relationship online and we watched we uh together you know and it was kind of a love story that we had that she was in Greece and we were 15 and, 15 and apart uh, and we saw this film and Slumdog Millionaire as well by the way which is a similar theme you know love and distance and not being able to be in together um, we've come out of that and we are together and we're married we've got two children I Wally and I watched it just on it in its own way I watched it and I when it finished I was just like what the what the fuck was that what do you know it, it doesn't feel like an animation it doesn't feel like it's for children it just feels like you're taken to this this is what might happen or this is an alternate reality and it's kind of terrifying and beautiful at the same time but that when they hold hands at the end you know and it was my wife's favorite film and it was my favorite film of the year you know so it's kind of testament those two films are testament to where i've come i suppose but there's me thinking pixar wasn't my back
So I'll touch on a couple of shorts. Um, just, I don't know if any of you have seen any, but there's one called Pearl, which is kind of brand new, but I've seen it recently. It's, part, it's partly Pixar, but it's um, like a ball of wool. Gets, mm-hmm. gets a job in an office, very corporate. All these guys into normal human people. And not bullied, but kind of you're an outsider, you're just a ball of wool. So it change, changes itself into, uh, puts a suit on, stool and fits in and becomes part of the crowd and then all of wool and I'm talking a ball of wool <coughs> um, gets a job and the, mm-hmm. the other one has to decide whether do I befriend them or do I uh, and, and, she, and she does you know it, it's brilliant uh, Lava I think it's called about Volcano no, um, I love Lava so good spends years Lava it's a song hundreds of yeah. years or thousands of something singing uh, and sinking <laughs> into the water I think that's it now Turns out the love of, of the, his life was underwater the whole time. Oh, and I think this was Inside Out. Really I think good. I saw Inside yeah. Out, so I was set yeah, up. Yeah, it was Inside Out. You know, so yeah. I was already crying. Uh, when I, my kid was like, you see all right, Dad? Yeah, I just did something in my eye. Uh, the I mean, yeah, Pixar, I mean, how, does that, Pixar, that, how do you get mountains to fall in love? And I know. You, you know? I still and can't that, that song is gorgeous. Some people hate that that it's, short. Yeah, I don't know they why. Do. They well, do. And I have no idea why. People hate love. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love this. I, I, they I, hate I'm volcanoes. I'm very I confused. Uh, yeah, I the pearl one is really exciting because now with um, with actor who we have all agreed is brilliant uh, is uh, is now president of Pixar Animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's. Uh, he started this whole spark shorts initiative and uh, there's three new shorts as part of shorts. And uh, they're all really, all three of them are great. They're really fun. And uh, so, and they're all a little bit, a little bit, um, uh, I don't know, a little bit different, a little bit uh, edgy. I would say Uh, there's actually a swear word in Pearl, which is, um, but what was, I thought it was actually really subversive, Pearl, because especially after what happened with John Lasseter and him, you know, <laughs> resigning for, uh, and not being the greatest culture women at Pixar, they come out with this short that basically kind of shames them all and saying, hey, okay, you know, we're going to do better, uh, I thought was kind of refreshing. And I yeah, love Bao a lot. Bao last year was just gorgeous. Yeah. That was just... And I mean, and I hate that you know Pixar has won best animated short. I think four times, maybe four or yeah. five times, and and people always bemoan that. But it's like you know sometimes they just absolutely deserve it. Our last year was evident of that. It was really, really nice. Yeah. So, but most of the time so they don't bizarre, win animated short. I yeah, mean, they lost. They lost yeah. more than they've won. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. most yeah. And I um, think they have that against them because it's like we've, we've rewarded you so many times, we're not going to do it again. And it's but sure. they absolutely deserve to win, which they did last year or this year. Agreed. Um, my yep. favorite of the shorts is La Luna. I love that one. I think it's oh, so funny. Totally nice. I, I also, was going to. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. No, no, go you. Go you first. Um, I also love Lou. Um, and I might be a little bit biased just because I actually got to interview the co directors. So that was really fun. Um, but I love um, how they used um, the playground mm. things mm. And, to teach a bully a lesson. And I just <laughs> really, um, that was really fun. And then, of course, I love Bao, too. It was amazing. And it was weird to see some of the conversations that came out of that because I think people didn't 
understand what was going on. Yeah, so, yeah. And I was just like, how cool is that? But, I mean, teach their own, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you can. That's the beauty of uh, movies. You each interpret it differently. But um, I love that. And also, I was the last one in my family to leave. So I just thought of my mom watching this and probably mm-hmm. her emptiness syndrome. And so that was really <laughs> touching. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It deserved a award. Agreed. I like Piper a lot, too. Yeah. yeah that was, it. uh, it's the most visually appealing of all the shots, I personally mm. think. Okay, so I actually went on a mini binge just before the podcast. So I have a list of my top five, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so for number five, I have Bowdoin. Bowdoin is, uh, it's not very highly rated. It's not a lot of people's favorite, but I personally love Bowdoin. Because it's that one particular Pixar shot which uses dialogue the best way. It's like a three-minute story. It's entirely in poetic verse, and it's about yeah. the sheep who loses his like some particular rarer take. And now the sheep is having this mini identity crisis about the fact <laughs> that he doesn't have any hair. <laughs> and other animals come and give helps him deal with that identity crisis. It's actually kind of really cute, and dialogue is really well done. So my number five is Aboudin. Uh, my number four is Day and Night, which a lot of people mm. consider best Pixar shot. It is one of the best Pixar shots. It's about day and night being personified into two characters, and it's the perfect balance of humor, heart, and it's such a beautiful story about friendship. In four minutes, Pixar has managed to just—I mean, a lot of films need like half an hour to maybe able to tell that level of story. They've managed to do it in four minutes, so that'd be one of my favorites. My number third is La Luna, which uh, is again a very sweet movie as Rachel Austin. It's about this. Uh, there's this small kid, and his father, his father and his grandfather are taking him to I don't know, clean up the stars or something. But <laughs> it's this story about this little kid finding his own sense of identity. It's cute and it's got amazing animation. Uh, my number two is Piper. Which again I mentioned is one of the most stunning as far as animation is concerned in all the Pixar shots. And for my number one, there's a tie between Nick Nack and Fox because both of them are really funny. And if you see Nick Nack, Nick Nack is one of their earlier shots. It's somewhere. It's um, it was made in 1989 or something. And uh, it is it somehow seems like it was the basis for Toy Story because it is it has somewhat a similar theme that there's this bunch of toys which come life and there's this one. Particular snow uh, snowman which is stuck inside mm-hmm. a snow globe, snow globe, and it's the most hilarious Pixar Pixar shot. So it's my personal favorite. <laughs> so that's my top five. I think movies everybody should watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, really quick, my top five is at five. I have Piper, at four Lava, three Presto, which is very funny. Mm. Yeah, it has an old Warner Brothers feel to it all to me. Uh, two, I have Jerry's Game. And then La Luna is my favorite. Yeah, I want to give a shout out uh, to Jerry's Game, which was released, I think, with a uh, box or Toy Story 2. Uh, it was, no, it, it was, was Toy Story 2, it, I guess. Toy Story 2, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I just can't confirm it now. Uh, but I remember it was one of the first shorts I watched uh, mm. uh, when I was it, and I was so intrigued by it because it's like you see this man playing with this other man that looks like him, but you realize that it's himself playing against himself, and it it had he has different attitudes against him, like oh I'm the one and you're the desperate one, and you know it's amazing how they manage that, 
have, I, I have always liked uh, that one. And another shout out to One Man Band. Uh, it has one of the best plot twist endings in cinema. So <laughs> watch it out. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to give a shout out to Sanjay's Super Team because I just thought that was adorable, but also just, I guess, from a representation level, you know, to see, you know, a young boy being the star of a, a Pixar short film and the way that it, it, it merged, you know, the sort of Hindu traditions with superheroes and created something completely unique. And, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, that Pixar had braided unique stories and different characters and things like that. And that was just, it was such a great moment, especially for, you know, any you know little indian boy out there who hasn't seen himself animated like that or, or could never picture religion being able to be seen as superheroes like it was it was such a clever question of, of themes and styles and i thought the animation in it was beautiful as well well thank you all it's been uh, more worth than i anticipated considering i thought i wasn't a pixar fan looks like <laughs> after all um just quickly before we go if you could just tell us uh, where we can find you uh doug uh, you can find me at uh, the Jam Report, which is thejamreport.com, where you know I've got reviews and my Pixar ranking is up there. I might feature that back up the top of the site now that Toy Story 4 is back in the headlines. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at it's Doug Jam. Joel, well, I'm a contributor, of course, uh, and you can find me in Twitter uh, with the uh, with the name uh, at Joe M uh, slash uh, sorry, underscore one three six. Um, Palavi, uh, you can find me anywhere. I'm on all sorts of social media, and you can find me at the gal who ranks. I'm also a contributor to the Filmotomy, and I'm also thinking of doing like a Pixar plus ranking. So, hold that thought. Let's hear that. Mitchell, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Round Tomato. And also, I have the Hallmarkies podcast for the uh, <laughs> for, for the greatness of true greatness of cinema. There, we have a lot of fun with that. So, and uh, last but certainly not least, Catherine. Yeah, so you can follow me personally at Things Cat Loves on Instagram and Twitter, and that's Cat with a C. Um, and then I'm the editor in chief at shuffleonline.net, and you can follow us at shuffleonline on Instagram and Twitter. And we also have a podcast where we do interviews and also um, just talk movies, TV, music, um, so that you can follow at the pod on Instagram and Twitter. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, obviously, you can follow us from Otomi. We're now on Spotify, as I said before, so that's a great. With, um, success story and um, also we use the SoundCloud iTunes uh, Stitcher family uh, at Filmotomy I have to look get to my kids now give them a big hug yeah <laughs> thank you for the invitation yeah. Robin no yeah thanks for having me thank you All right, bye 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 bye